This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, we know here in Canada, and in particular BC and Metro Vancouver, it's become a favorite place of money launderers. For 10 years now, the warning signs have been there while we have waited for something to be done. But why us? What is it about our environment that has made us so attractive? Well, Jeremy Douglas is the regional representative of the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime in Southeast Asia and the Pacific, thinks that Canada needs to rethink its relationship with some of the countries in Asia. And he joins us now to talk more about this. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. Real pleasure. Why do you think Canada needs to change its relationship? In, In what way? Well, you know, I think what we're seeing in Canada with the casinos uh, in, in British Columbia, potentially in other parts of the country, is something which we're seeing over here, and the people involved are involved over here as well, actually on a much bigger scale. And if Canada is going to get serious about addressing organized crime and money laundering, I think they need to project a stronger position overseas, work with Asian governments on addressing the organized crime offshore um, so that the money laundering doesn't necessarily come over towards Canada uh, and the, the the organized crime don't take advantage of Canada in that way. Is that what you think is going on? Is it that we don't understand the thinking over there, therefore we're being taken advantage of? Well, I think to to some extent there isn't the understanding of what is occurring uh, in Asia. And i give you a good example is what, what we see there uh, in uh, British Columbia is what we would call a displacement. Uh, there used to be a lot of money laundering taking place in Macau, which is uh, the gambling hub in Asia. It's much larger than Las Vegas. And uh, there was a big crackdown on organized crime there several years ago. And when that occurred, that pushed uh, a lot of the organized crime activity, the money laundering activity out of that city. And it started, they started looking for places to put their money in. Vancouver, for a variety of reasons, is very attractive to them. But they did the same thing to several countries in Southeast Asia. And those groups now are trans-Pacific. They're really active and projecting themselves to do their business across Asia, but also across the Pacific. So we really need to take the, the fight to them. And that means engaging governments that are working to counter them and engaging them in a much more active way than we currently do. And what are those governments that are working to actively engage them? Like, which countries are doing this right well, I think, uh, well, Australia is, is one which is now looking at this very actively. The United States is starting to look at it actively. Um, China, to some extent, is looking at this actively. Um, they were the ones that cracked down in Macau. But what I've described to you, this displacement, is kind of like uh, some people in the law enforcement business refer to it as whack-a-mole. If you mm. put pressure in one place, they move their operations to another place. What they did was they moved their operations offshore, away from Macau. Vancouver was one of those places they went. But... Because we're not as active in Asia as other governments, we don't have the relationships in place, or Canada doesn't have the relationships in place necessarily in Asia that it could uh, to deal with this. We don't have the ability to work with others on the intelligence, on the groups, or to kind of counter uh, those groups as effectively as others. Why do you think that is? Is it because we haven't yet admitted, perhaps, the extent to which this is having an influence here? Well, I think it, this this did come as a surprise to a lot of people. That's clear from what I read. I'm based in Asia, so I don't necessarily have the whole sense of what's going on there, but I have a pretty good sense of it. And I 
what I see in the newspaper is a bit of surprise the last couple of years. Wow, this is really big. Um, but if you were based where I am now in Bangkok and you saw what occurred in Macau a few years ago, you wouldn't be so surprised because as soon as that occurred in Macau, boom, there was this kind of mushrooming out of organized crime and money laundering activity from that city, from southern China into other parts of the region and across the Pacific. So the surprise hit there, and I think people now are suddenly aware that, wow, this has been taking place. That's not to say it didn't take place before, but it's just the intensity of it was that much stronger. And I don't think people were ready for it. They didn't see it coming. What about the spotlight then, Jeremy? Does that do anything? Like the fact that at least we're having the conversation, we know what's going on, we're trying to do something. Does that deter it in any way? I think it does. I think, and I, and I noticed that uh, the government is taking this pretty seriously. There's been some pretty, there's been a number of announcements made. There's been efforts to start coordination. I know that uh, the federal government and the provincial government and others uh, have commissioned some really good work on this. Um, and there's, there's a lot of people looking at steps that need to be taken. What I'm just saying is that I think some of that action has to go offshore. You can't simply do it on the domestic front because what is occurring is international, transnational organized crime groups that are really active in doing this. This is not legitimate money that's being wheeled in, in suitcases into casinos, right? Yeah. So you're going to have to deal with the people that are doing that, and that means dealing with where they come from with that money, and that means taking the fight offshore in some respects. And that's what I said Australia is doing I know that the U.S. Treasury has looked at some of the groups involved, and they're, they're taking some of that fight offshore. So I think there has to be that strong engagement of organized crime in Asia that isn't currently there. It is there to some extent. RCMP and others are doing this. But So a piece of what the government does now should involve that stronger engagement, in my view. Okay, so how do we change those relationships, and which countries are we talking about here? Well, as I said, it's a bit of whack-a-mole, so that means that there's people across uh, the region that, that are going to have to be involved. But the bigger countries where there's concern about organized crime, and not just in terms of the money laundering, but in terms of the drug trafficking, which is generating a lot of the money, or other forms of transnational crime. So there's a lot of countries that are very concerned. China is, is one that needs to be engaged and probably is ready to be engaged, to be frank on this. just has to be done in the right way. Uh, Japan... Uh, Korea, uh, Southeast Asian states, there's a, a cluster of states that are now increasingly concerned about organized crime activity in Southeast Asia. And Canada has business ties into all these countries, a lot of two-way trade, a lot of back-and-forth movement of people and, and goods and now money. So really, I think we're looking at a regional engagement, not simply a, a country of focus, but probably several or a large group of countries of focus. And that means probably looking at how do you set up some kind of arrangement with that group of states. And that can be done in a variety of ways, but uh, through the RCMP, through different arrangements, working with us in the UN and with other kind of international like-minded partners. And why do you say that China is ready to be engaged? Like, what's going on there? Well, we're working closely with them. They're, they're very active uh, working with us on uh, drug trafficking issues. Uh, they're working with us on other organized crime programs. So I know that they're ready to have conversations um, it just has to be done in a way that is understanding of how they are ready to operate and, and how the focus, the type of focus they're ready to accept. Sometimes that isn't understood. I think people don't understand so diplomatically how you need to work with China. And obviously you can't just work with people on the terms you want to work with them on in the way you want to explain it, but you have to work on it in terms they're going to accept 
And I say that they're ready to do that because that's the experience that we have. Right. Um, mind you, we have the benefit of not being a country. As the United Nations, we're kind of, quote-unquote, politically neutral. So we come at it from a different, slightly different perspective. But we want the same results, which is you know, countering organized crime and money laundering because it's highly unstabilizing, destabilizing and, and, and really uh, a negative force in this world. So, um, But I think they're ready to do that, uh, as I said, through some regional strategies, for sure. Do you think BC can do this as a province and, and reach out and do these things, or does it have to be the federal government that steps in here? I think if, if to do what I'm describing, I think would have to be the federal government. I think maybe the British, British Columbia could host something, could, could be involved to some extent, but I think it really has to be the federal government because that's really their, their remit. And this is not just a BC issue, it's, it's kind of countrywide. Obviously, BC is getting the focus and probably deservedly so, but it is going to have to be federal. But I think on the domestic front, there's a lot of steps probably that the British Columbia government could take. Obviously, they regulate the casinos in the province, but and they have to regulate the real estate industry and so forth. But, um, but when it comes to projecting operations and intelligence exchange foreign governments they're going to have to take a big lead and but also doing things like on the, on the diplomatic front and on the money laundering front in terms of working with you know the, the financial action task force which uh, regulates state banks and so forth they're going to have to take that lead all right well listen jeremy thank you so much for joining us on this okay it's been a pleasure that's Jeremy Douglas, the regional representative of the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime in Southeast Asia and the Pacific. Now, he's based in Bangkok, Thailand, and therefore he's been watching kind of what is happening in Canada. Uh, clearly, from a perspective where across the ocean, he can see that Canada needs to do things differently if we really want to shed this image of being a haven for money launderers. If you